Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. We're in verse 17 now. Psalms 17 and 18 are both uh, psalms that uh, really are praising uh, the Lord Jesus and and, uh, David's deliverance out of evil uh, uh, by God. So we'll start off in verse 1 here. um, It's it's entitled The Prayer of David. Uh, Here. A just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. So he starts off in prayer. He's he's asking the Lord to hear him. Um, and he wants to, uh, the Lord to hear prayer uh, without any um, wickedness involved in it, um, free of deceit. Um, this is a prayer that David would, you know, uh, pray when he's surrounded by his enemies who are all wicked people trying to uh, harm him. It's also, you know, these two Psalms really sort of um, not only portray David's heart, but they're portraying the Lord's heart too. Um, You see a lot of parallel in this. So, of course, Jesus' heart would be completely free of deceit. From and in verse two, from your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. David's crying out for justice, and of course, Jesus Christ is justice. Jesus Christ is going to is going to um, uh, pay the penalty uh, for our sins, so that we may achieve justice in the eyes of God. Uh, which would be our salvation. In verse 3, you have tried my heart. You have vested me by night. You have tested me and you will find nothing. I have purpose that my mouth will not transgress. In other words, um, he's saying, you know, you've looked inside my heart, you've tested me, and you've not found anything. Of course, me and you, when when God looks in our hearts, you know, he finds stuff. We're all sinners. Um, but, of course, he gives us Jesus Christ. And inside Jesus, Jesus Christ's heart, that's the, Jesus Christ's heart. That's the perfect heart. Um, perfect, perfect words from the perfect mouth. You know, he will not uh, um, transgress. He will not commit any sin. With, in verse 4, with regards to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. Remember we were said back that, that sin, wicked men love violence. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I will call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to hear me. Hear my words. Um, again, David is trying to walk. Uh, without sin, um, and again, parallels to Jesus actually doing it, actually walking without sin. In verse 7, Wondrously, show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Um, again, David is, you know, has enemies all around, Um but what does David do in times of trouble? David is 
Number one, he's praying. He's uh, David, you know, is the king of Israel, but and he's supposed to be the man who makes all the decisions. But again, David yields his authority to a higher authority. You know, David's not crying out to, uh, that he can be the judge. David is crying out that the Father in heaven can be the judge. And he's trying to say, you know, before you do that, you got to look in, in my heart. David's saying, you got to look in my heart, you know, before this judgment will occur. Of course, you know, Jesus' heart was pure. And David calls upon God for the answer. Um, <clears throat> and in verse 7, Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. You know, he's crying out not, not only for, for the judgment, but he's calling out for the love. He wants to see the love of the Father in heaven, and he's also calling out for the Savior. You know, the Father in heaven saves those who seek their refuge because of his love. And again, this is a just a beautiful picture of not only David's heart, but David's heart for the coming Savior. He's crying out for his great, 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 you know, grandson. Um, the you know his offspring will be out of his lineage will come uh, Jesus Himself, and Jesus has steadfast love for us, as does the Father in heaven. For those who seek refuge, okay? For those who love the Lord and seek their refuge, God's love is steadfast. And in verse 8, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Just um, another reference to the, the protection that we have um, in Jesus Christ, in the shadow of your wings. And this, the shadow of your wings is also quoted all in the Psalms. Psalm 36, 7, How precious is your steadfast love, O God, the children of mankind. Take refuge in the shadow of your wings. In Psalm 57, 1, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. In Psalm 63, 7, For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. And talking about the wings, uh, at Psalm 103, 5, Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's? So the eagle's wings, the shadow of your wings, um, just like a mother, a mother eagle or a mother bird will keep the, the babies in the shadow so that the sun doesn't scorch the little babies. It doesn't tire the little babies out. It protects the little babies so that the little babies can be fed. Just like our Father in Heaven can protect us. But also, um, the wings will give the little bird as they, as they grow. Their little wings will mature so that they can fly, you know just like we can grow in our faith and fly and be renewed through God's love. Um, every day we get renewed. In verse 9, From the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me, they close their eyes to pity with their mouths. They speak arrogantly. They have surrounded our steps. They have set their eyes to cast us to the ground like a lion eager, eager to tear as a young lion lurking in the ambush. These are talking about the wicked people who are surrounding him, ready to try to do him harm. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. You know, they want to bring them down. Not only will they want to bring them down, they want to bury him. They want to kill him. They want to bury him, just like they wanted to kill Jesus. They surrounded him. They wanted to ambush him, just like they did. They wanted to cast him not only to the ground, they wanted to bury Jesus too. <clears throat> so in verse three, 13, Arise, O Lord, confront him. Subdue him. Subdue the evil, wicked person. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword. 
And remember back in, in, uh, in Ephesians, it talks about the armor of God and the sword is the sword of faith. By your sword from men, from your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure, they're satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. You know, whatever treasures you have lined up, the wicked people that, you know, their portion is in this life. You know, that's their portion. But whatever they earn, whatever they get, whatever treasures they have, they're going to die. And then they have to leave their abundance to their kids because they're going to die. Because their treasure is in this world. But David says, he's not of this world. David says in verse 15, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. He says, for me. He's crying out for the Lord to rescue him through his mercy. He wants to deliver. He wants to be delivered. This is the king of Israel who wants to be delivered. Not only wants to be delivered from his enemy, he wants to be delivered from sin. He wants to be delivered from this earthly world. He says, as for me, he's not worried about earthly treasures. I shall behold your faith, your face in righteousness. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Jesus Christ, because he, he went to the cross to die for our sins, he was put in the ground and raised again. Just like Jesus, when Jesus um, is, is uh, uh, raised from the dead, and uh, David's talking about when I awake, he could be referencing sleep, or he can be referencing when he dies. When I die, when I'm awakened again, when I am raised again, just like Jesus was raised, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. In other words, we have righteousness. We become righteous like God in heaven. We become righteous like Jesus Christ. I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Jesus Christ's righteousness in God the Father is worth more than all the earthly treasures that will perish. You can't take it with you. You've got to leave it all to your children. It's talking about the promise of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel message right here. This is the gospel message talked out almost like in a prophecy, in a prayer from, from David. The Old Testament pointing to the New Testament. Wow, beautiful, beautiful um, um, song of David. I hope it's encouraging you. We're going to jump right into uh, the 18th Psalm. This one will kind of send shivers up and down your spine because the 18 takes off where 17 left, left off and paints a really beautiful picture. Um, this is the Lord, my rock, and my fortress. That would be sort of a title for the 18th Psalm. The 17th, you could be the shadow in your, of your wings. It could be a whole bunch of titles, but, but uh, that's where the ESV version gives it as the title. And I think it's a good title. It starts off verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. How many times do we start off telling the Lord in heaven we love Him? He loves us. Love is the greatest commandment. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law, you know, that condemned man. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, and the law now is made uh, even more perfect through the love, through the perfection of, of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment. The first fruit of the Spirit. One of the first fruits is love. Love is the greatest commandment. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to walk in the Spirit, by the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. David calls out. He's not crying out for, you know, oh, please do this for me, Lord. I'm surrounded by enemies. Please you know, save me and give me money, blah, blah, blah. It's not a, a list that starts off. When you boil it all down to David's feeling, 
for God the, the Father in heaven. It's love. You know, when you boil down the whole New Testament to one word, love. When you boil down the Old Testament that is pointing to the New Testament, it's love. It's talking about Jesus Christ. Dr. McGee used to say, you know, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship, right? The whole, Christ, the whole Christian faith is built around Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the authority, is all authority of heaven and earth. There's no way you can get to be saved without Jesus Christ. There's no way you can be righteous without Jesus Christ because all men sin. Mankind sins. That sin has to be paid for. That The debts of those sins, the death penalty has to be paid for. It's all around Jesus Christ. So it's all about Jesus Christ. What's Jesus Christ all about? He's about love. He came to earth. God sent him to earth to do the Father's will in heaven. The will had to be done. God's a just judge, a righteous judge. He's a perfect judge. He can't just let the guilty off, you know? If somebody kills somebody you love very much, how would you feel if the guilty person was allowed to get out? You'd say, that was a corrupt judge because you loved your person so much. It was your mother, your father, your child, your husband, your wife, somebody you cared deeply about, you know, somebody murdered them, you would expect judgment on that murderer. We have a just judge. We have a just Father in heaven. David starts off this powerful prayer with love. Let's read it again. Verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. This is a really famous verse. You hear this over and over on so many things. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This first, these first couple of verses are so powerful. And, and notice, as Dr. McGee points out, how personal it is. He's talking about my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. It's a relationship. The God in heaven who's above everything gives us a relationship that He's your God. The Lord is yours. All these things belong to you. I mean, it'd be one thing if you could say, you know, God is a rock, He's a deliverer, He's a shield, He's a horn of salvation. He's a stronghold. You know, it wouldn't have the same meaning. It wouldn't be as personal. It's a gift to you. It's a gift to me. It's yours. It's personal. Jesus Christ gave this gift to you personally. Jesus Christ on the cross was your gift. The death was that Jesus endured was for you. Of course, the penalty is yours too. The death penalty is yours. The sin is yours. But this gift is yours. This power is yours. You know, all these things. The rock, the stronghold. What do you do in times of trouble? Lean on the Lord. Lean on the Word of God. You know, He's your deliverer. Not King David. Not the armies. Not the powerful people. He's your deliverer. He's going to bring you out of trouble. He's also going to raise you from the dead. The rock, your foundation, your stronghold, your shield to protect you, the horn of the salvation. The horn of the salvation, like the trumpet, broadcasting the news that you're okay or the, 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 um, the help is on the way. The stronghold, he's talking like a, a commander. What do you do when, as we saw in the earlier Psalms, what do you do in trouble? Sometimes when you have to take refuge, you have to go back to your stronghold where you have even more protection from the enemy. In verse 3, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I am saved from my enemies. That's worship right there. 
He calls out to the Lord, who's worthy to be praised? The one who you praise. I'm saved from my enemies. In verse 4, the cords of death encompass me, the torrents of destruction assail me, the cords of Sheol entangle me, the snares of death confront me. In my distress, I call upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help from His temple. He heard my voice, and my cry to Him reached His ears. This parallels David's trials, surrounded by people, surrounded by people wanting to kill him, the anguish and the the, the stress of all that, crying out to the Lord. But also, this is, a, this is like a, a parallel thing right now going on, like what Jesus went through, what was in Jesus' heart. People are all around Jesus getting ready to try to kill Him too. And He was in distress too especially the night before they were going to kill him. He called out to the Lord. and I mean, the Lord called out to the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, that's God in heaven. He heard me, reached his ears. And then when Jesus was killed, the earth trembled, you know, and the, the, uh, the temple uh, had a crack in it, and uh, this veil that separates the the one part of the temple from the most holy place was ripped in two, and the earth trembled when the stone rolled back after they buried Jesus. They put him in the ground in a cave. When the stone that the Roman soldiers had put in place was rolled back, it was like a trembling. The, the soldiers were so afraid they fell on the ground like dead men. So it, it talks about this in verse 7. The earth reeled and rocked. The foundation also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. God and the Father in heaven was angry that, you know, his son had just been killed. Just been, it's a reference to that. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Uh, glowing coals frame, uh, flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. That's like darkness surrounded the earth when Jesus was being on the cross, being put to death on the cross. He rode on a cherubim and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. Thick clouds dark with water. <clears throat> Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through the, his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire, and he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of your breath of your nostrils, he sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. We're reading down in verse 17 now. He rescued me from my stronghold, my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They come, They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. Wow, a lot of stuff here, wasn't it? <clears throat> it's talking about God's rescue. <clears throat> God's rescue. David is is painting a a sort of a poetic thing about being rescued, being rescued by God. He's it's it's almost you know uh, when the people were singing this and they didn't know yet about Jesus. Jesus hadn't been born. They would be singing about what would be to come. You know, it's almost like a prophetic poem. It's looking forward. It is definitely looking forward. The people would have the, the you know, strong imagery. You know, and I wonder if it's, if it's almost prophetic of when, you know, it's talking about Jesus being also raised from the dead. You know, when he was on the cross, you know, the, there was darkness came over the earth. You know, there was a storm you know, like rain. Um, there was earthquakes. Um, it's talking about how, I mean, there's some references to, um, 
Israel itself coming through the channels of the sea, being rescued, um, you know, from Egypt. Um, hailstones of fire, you know, and lightnings coming down, thunder of fire from the heavens, you know, that came down on Israel when um, some of the plagues came down from Israel. That happened. Of course, the Red Sea was parted. Israel came through the waters. The channels of the sea were seen. Um, he drew me out of many waters. Um, but I wonder if it's almost like a reference to going forward to when Jesus, uh, you know, it's he's talking about rescuing Jesus from the dead too, as Jesus, as God the Father is going to be, you know, rescuing there. But I will also wonder if it's it's not a reference to maybe um, to when Jesus comes back when he rescues the the whole earth, you know. You know, a lot of references when we sing about uh, being rescued, very powerful um, and a personal rescue. Jesus Christ is your personal rescuer, um, just as the, the nation of Israel was also being rescued by the Father in heaven. In verse 18, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands. He rewarded me for I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God for all his rules were before me and his statues I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him. I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in his sight. A lot of references to being clean, being righteous, bringing me out uh, uh, into a broad place like after being rescued because he delighted me in me. In verse 20, it's almost like uh, after Jesus' death, the sin is paid for. We have been rescued. This is sort of the aftermath of being re rescued, you know. The storm's over. The sun comes back out, you know. And now we're washed clean in righteousness. In righteousness. And now, because of Jesus... Like in 23, verse 23, I was blameless before him. So David's singing about being blameless. He's singing about being clean in God's eyes. Having righteousness in God's eyes. But it's also singing about, you know, Jesus Christ was the only blameless, clean, clean, uh, uh, clean person, righteous person, um, so it's talking about Jesus Christ, but also talking about us being raised, born again through Jesus Christ. It's really cool how this, uh, how this, uh, looks to not only the future, looks to David, it looks to us through Jesus. It's the gospel message. In verse 25, with the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. With the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. Again, God is merciful on us. We don't have this by ourselves. We don't have all this righteousness that He was talking about by ourselves. It's God's mercy that gives it to you through Jesus. Then you can be blameless. You can be pure if you humble yourselves and repent. Ask God to forgive you. God saves a humble person. 
you don't think you're humble. I mean, if you if you don't think you're in trouble, if you don't think you're a sinner, if you don't think you need to be saved, it says in 27, for you save a humble people, but behind eyes you bring down. If you don't think you need to be saved, you can't be saved. Only the Lord can light your lamp. It's only, only through the Jesus Christ and the wisdom of God's Word. He's the light of the world. He was sent into a world of darkness. Again, all of these are strong New Testament references to Jesus Christ. The Lord lightens my darkness. You know, the, the world without the God is a dark place. And because of this, because we have God, because we have our relationship with God, we can do anything. We can run against a troop. We can leap over a wall. We can do these physical things. But it's the word of the Lord. As in, it says in verse 30, this God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. He's your stronghold. He's your rock. He's your fortress, just like it started out in verse 2. Are you in trouble? Who are you going to lean on? 31, for who is God but the Lord? I'm like, who else is there? There's nobody. And who is a rock except our God, the God who equipped me with strength? He made my way blameless. Through Jesus Christ, we can be blameless. Through Jesus Christ, we have strength. Through the Word of God, we have strength. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. And your right hand supported me. And your gentleness made me great. Well, in the interest of time, we'll, we'll kind of uh, just hit on the high points of verse 36 through 43. You gave me a uh, a wide place for my steps under me. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. They did not turn back. They were consumed. I thrust them. Though they were not able to rise, they fell under my feet. In other words, you can do anything. You can defeat your enemies. You can defeat sin. There's a reference maybe to Jesus defeating sin for us. And we have that power too. You equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me. And those who hated me, I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but He didn't answer them. This is now down in verse 42. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast, out, I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the people you made me the head of the nations, people whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortress. All of these things talk about not only being rescued, but now this victory. This is a victory lap. You know, you're blameless in the righteousness that comes. David's speaking like, you know, from him, he's speaking out all the things that God was able to do through him, all these things David did. Um, so I want to I take a pause for a minute here. There's just so many parallels on the 18th Psalm between David and the Lord Jesus, and of course the Lord Jesus and us. I just can't ignore it, and I just want to take a quick time out and look at this for a minute. You know, this psalm, I mean, you could spend all day talking about it. We don't have all day, but but this psalm, if you dwell on it, there's just so many parallels. It talks about the trials of David, and of course, parallel the trials, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. David was king of Israel. Jesus was king of all creation. David proved to be an imperfect king, Jesus proved to be a perfect king. David's imperfect nature showed that he needed to call on the Lord for everything. His salvation, his wisdom, 
David didn't look to himself. Eventually, when he came to his senses, he had to repent of his sin. Just as the same thing that we have to do. We have to repent of our sin. We have to lean on the Lord, our stronghold in Jesus Christ. David had natural enemies of Israel. Jesus had enemies too. That was man's sin. David was on the run because of sin in his life. People were, you know, his, uh, his own son, Absalom, was trying to kill him. David was on the run because of the sins of men around him too. You know, Saul was trying to kill him because he was jealous of David's courage and bravery and successes. David was on the run because, you know, of course, when he was a little boy, the Philistine army was trying to kill Israel. Jesus was on trial you know, sort of on the run. Jesus was on trial because of our sin. David was hiding in caves, trying to wait for God to deliver him. Jesus was buried in a cave, in a sense, waiting for God to deliver him and raise him from the dead. God hears David's call when he's in the cave. God hears Jesus when Jesus was dead in the cave, in the tomb. God did not forsake David when David was in the cave. God did not forsake Jesus when Jesus was dead in the tomb, in the cave. God delivers David out of the cave. God raises Jesus from the dead out of the cave. Wow, I mean, just so many beautiful comparisons between David, the imperfect king, and Jesus Christ, the perfect king. Okay? So, um, down to 46. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation. Now, wow, we come full circle. The Lord lives. Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, folks. And blessed be my rock. And exalted be the God of my salvation. It's a point to the God, the heaven, the God the Father in heaven. But also it's a it's it's describing Jesus Christ. The Lord was dead and buried, and then was raised again. The God who gave me vengeance. And subdued peoples under me. In other words, the God who... David let the Lord, Father, God in heaven, do all the, the revenge. You know, he let that... Christians aren't called into being in the revenge business. You know, now that we have salvation, we can walk in power and, and get people back who are mean to us. You know... David let God the Father in heaven do the vengeance work, do the judgment work, and subdued the people. You know, we can't change hearts. Our job is to love one another. You know, it's almost like Jesus' parable of the seed and the sower. You know, you know, he talked about scattering seeds. Seed is the word of God. You know, if some it falls on rocky soil. Some it falls on the path and gets trampled. Some it falls on bad soil and doesn't get water. And then some falls on the good soil and grows. God makes the seed grow, not us. Our job is to scatter the seed, to spread the Word of God, to show love to one another, to live in the Spirit and by the Spirit in step with the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. Jesus is love. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. We so much we talked about all that so much in Galatians, but look how it look how it just is is given more character even in this psalm. God gives the vengeance. It's God who subdues the people. It's God who's changing the hearts. You oh, excuse me, who delivered me from my enemies. God does the delivering. 
in uh, Ephesians, it talks about putting on the armor of God. It doesn't say once you got the armor in on, go out and slay everybody. No, it says stand your ground. You put on the full armor of God to stand your ground. God does the delivering. You know, we try to do too much ourselves, I think, sometimes when we get overwhelmed and we make it our agenda, not God's agenda. God does the delivering on His timetable according to His purpose, according to His plan. We got to get our head out of trying to be the commander here. God's the commander. We have to have the armor on to stand our ground. When we stand our ground, what happens? We honor God. You say, well, you know, nobody cares about what I do. Goodness gracious, the Lord knew David in the cave. The Lord knew Jesus Christ dead in the cave. He knows you wherever you're walking. Stand your ground. Don't, don't let peer pressure or group think or wicked men or violent men intimidate you. When you stand your ground, you're honor the Lord. Who delivered me from my enemies. Yes, you. He's saying to emphasize, I didn't do it. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. Yes, you, not me. He's saying it wants to be clear. You rescued me from the man of violence. Talk about the wicked men. Wickedness is violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing your name. It's all about the Lord. It's not about us. God's timing, God's purpose, God's plan, God's agenda, God's power, God's deliverance. Great salvation He brings to His King, who shows steadfast love to His anointed to David and his offspring forever. Okay? Great salvation. We get salvation through Jesus Christ by steadfast love. Because God so loved the world, He sent His only Son. Out of love, Jesus comes. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law because Jesus is love. Jesus' love fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law. Jesus Christ was anointed for us. David was an anointed king, yes. And so again, the parallel, the parallel between uh, God is going to deliver David through his love. Um, Jesus Christ is going to deliver you through His love, just like King David. God is going to bring salvation to David. He's going to bring salvation to you, to me. David was, um, David was uh, an anointed king. Jesus Christ was an anointed king. David is going to... David is looking forward to everlasting salvation. We can look forward to everlasting salvation. What a powerful psalm. Psalm 18. Read it over and over. Or, or just dwell on this over and over. Because there's so much in here. Such a powerful promise to us today. I hope this was helpful to you. At this point, this is the part where I turn the podcast over to my co-host, Matali, in Zambia, who's podcasting, and can't wait to, to hear what Matali is going to do with this. So I hope you're doing well, Matali. Take care, and for me here to all of you, take care, and God bless, and we'll see you next time. Hi. So today's teaching is coming from Psalms 18. So um, Psalms 18 um, is uh, is a is a song is a psalm of David. Um, it's it's about the Lord being our rock. Um, so my main take today was um, how how David. Um, continue to have faith in God and continue to believe in God that God would um, help him against his enemies 
because um, David was being pursued by the jealous king Saul, who, who wanted to persecute him. And David, no matter how bad the situation got, David remained faithful to God and had trust in God and believed God was, um, was going to, to, to help him in, in this particular time in his life. So, um, Psalms 18 can also be attributed to 2 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 51. Um, so this particular psalm, Psalm 1 reads, For the choir master of David, the servant of the Lord, who sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord delivered him from the hands of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. So he, he begins with praise, pray, praising the creator, his creator, who protected him in times of um, trials and tribulations, even even when he was hiding in the in in the wilderness um, from from Saul, who wanted to actually persecute him, David still had faith in in um, in God. So verse one, um, verse two goes on to read: "The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold." So God. God is all these things. God is our rock. We should lean on him um, in times of trouble. We should lean on him always. He is our creator. He's our fortress, our strength, our deliverer. So, you know, David held on to the horns of the temple. That's how we need to hold on to God today. Um, he's our high tower. Um, and he's a good place for protection. So, um, and, um, you know, David... David believed, you know, like, um, God is for everybody. Like, he is my God. He's not our God. Uh, He's my father. I should always look up to him. As Christians today, we should always, we should hold on to, to, to the horns of the temple like David did and trust in God no matter what. So um, he goes on to say, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of chaos overwhelmed me. So no matter what in life, you know, the Lord is always worthy to be praised because God will always come through for you. Um, no matter how bad the situation, if you are a child of God, if you are a saint on earth, the Lord will always come through for you. So God is worthy to be praised. The psalm touches um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the psalm... On recounts not only the life of David, but the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 4 and 5, which says, The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of chaos overwhelmed me. The cords of Sheol, that's the cords of death, entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried to the Lord for help. From, the, from his temple, he heard my voice and my cry, for his help reached his ears. So, um... This also looks at the time of um, Christ's crucifixion when, you know, the world was against him. He looked up to the Lord and um, he, he still had faith in humanity. He says, you know, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And he still cried out to the Lord, uh, to his father. Um, and, you know, when the stone was rolled away from his tomb, the earth shook. And, um, you know, when Christ was crucified on the cross, there was darkness and um, there was a voice from heaven, and um, it said, this is my beloved. So if we look at Psalms 13, um, chapter 18, 13, it says, The Lord thundered from the heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded, hailstones and calls of fire. So this is a relation to the New Testament. When, when, when Christ was crucified on the cross, um, a voice was heard from heaven. And um, saying, this is, my, this, is, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased. So if we go down to um, verse 16, um, he, reached from on, he reached from on high and took hold of me and drew me out of deep waters. So um, this is basically David, um, David's personal experience with God. You know, God will never leave us or forsake us. Um, if you and I put our trust in him, 
and um, we put you know all our faith and 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 in in, in Christ. He will always be there for us, um, no matter how trying the time is. Um, God is, God is there to always protect us. God is our fortress. God is our rock. God is our strength. He's our high tower. He will always watch over us. Um, and if we go back to Him and um, praise Him and believe in Him, He will, He will deliver us from our enemies, like He delivered um, David, even in times of tribulation. So. God extends mercy to us, um, and um, as Pastor, as Pastor Doctor J V McGee says, um, let the redeemed say, "The Lord is God." Be a say-so Christian. So, let us profess by our lips um, that you know God is our redeemer. If we believe in God. Um, he will save us no matter what. He will protect us. If we lean on him and we believe in him, he will, he will be there for us. Um, if we go to verse 14, 8 and 49 of um, Psalms 18, it reads, Therefore I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises in your name. Um, verse 48, sorry, reads, He who delivers me from my enemies, you exalt me above my foes. You rescue me from violent men. And then verse 49 uh, reads, Therefore I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. So um, David was king um, of a great nation. And um, he still trusted and believed in the Lord. He, he still said he was going to praise him among all the nations. So um, let us confess that, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord, and He is our Redeemer. He will save us. God has a lot of mercy to go around, so God will, will, um, will, will protect His own. So um, this particular teaching today was a personal experience of David um, with God. How how God protected him from his enemies, even when times. Even when the time seemed like you know he was overwhelmed, um, his his hardened his his mind was sore. Um, he was exhausted, but he still praised the Lord. He still believed in the Lord. He still went back to his Savior, our Creator. So let us let us be say so Christians. Let us say Christ is our Redeemer, and no matter what. God will always watch over us and God will always protect us no matter how trying um, a time we may face. Um, let us um, believe in God as being our rock, our fortress, our strength, our deliverer. Let us hold on to the horns of the temple. So, um, yeah, this was today's teaching um, about putting God first. Um, thank you for listening. God bless and bye-bye.